Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a yet another conversation with tonight. We actually have uh, Scott is here with me. Um, he's going to be flying, um, flying as a co-pilot. Um, we have, um, we have somebody on tonight that I've known for a very, very long time. Um, and, um, he's, um, he was actually one of the first people I actually met, believe it or not, out of, out of school. Uh, we, we worked, uh, at a, at a company, he was already there and I ended up working, doing some 2d animation for a company called Canuck Creations. Um, many, many, many years ago, I think Kai said 1998, and I think he's probably dead on. It was definitely around there within, within a year of that. And, uh, Kai at the time was sort of like the local in-house, pretty much art director for all intents and purposes. I don't know what his official title was, but he did a lot, a lot of art direction, like work. He did a lot of paintings, background paintings, concepts. Um, and, um, so we were kind of from the same kind of era and, uh, we actually then kind of did similar things. We both went back to school and we both ended up, uh, you know, taking some classes in 3d and, uh, we've kind of been both just going that direction ever since and not really looking back. And funny enough, we also both ended up in video games. Um, and I kind of just followed him around for a while because he actually ended up in uh, Montreal here working on a project called Cayenne of the Prophecy. And they were recruiting people and he tapped me like, hey, Brent, like this is a really cool project. There's amazing animators over here. You really got to come check it out. Um, and so he lured me right in. It was my first experience here in Montreal and um, it was good enough to bring me back because I did spend a couple years here at the time, and then I went back to Toronto, and then I moved back here, and I like now I have a house and a kid and a family, and so I get the rest is kind of history. Him too, him too. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, so he, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, there's just the, literally the, th the thing that fi I find interesting about Kai is he comes from about as, um, like as as tactile as it gets when it comes to like thinking of the industry before digital came and swept over everything like watercolor painting like hands like i remember him i'll, I'll never forget like i felt like every time i saw him he had paint on him it was because he was like just painting all of the time and he just was living and breathing that world and to think that like I just it's I find it funny because you never know who's going to really truly embrace the technology but Kai it's like he, he never he never ceases to surprise me because like he ended up obviously over uh you know many years you know of of cutting his teeth in games he ended up you know recently working uh, as the animation director on on For Honor and anybody who knows For Honor can tell you that it was a humongous uh, milestone in animation for games because it was the, one of the first viable products that that leveraged a brand new technology at the time called motion matching. Um, and, um, and so I'm sure he's got lots to talk about there. Uh, I'd like to see what his, what his aspirations are, regrets. Would he do it differently? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever even had this conversation with him, so that'll be fun. Anyways, I'll, uh, I'll shut up with the intro. I'll bring in Scott. We'll high five and bring in Kai and then we're, uh, we're going to do what we do. So hold on a second. Let's bring in Scott first. Hello, Scott. Hey Brent. High five. <laughs> How are you, sir? 
I'm very I see, well, I see, sir. How are you? I like the lighting. It's very, it's very, um, very moody. I'm getting there. I figure if I'm going to be I appearing like on these streams a bit more, I need to get my game together because your background, you got the light. Well, yeah, I know. You know. I just, yeah. I got the microphone. I, I'm starting. You do, to... you do, you do. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm biased, obviously. We're, my background's you know, about as messy as yours as well. So, you know. Hey, <laughs> I didn't, like, we keep leaving, leave the judging of the background, all right, out of the stream. Right. I'm just saying. That's true, I guess. Uh, we're, we're artistic, right? That's why. Artistic. Yeah, we're artists. Exactly. All right, exactly. let's bring in Kai. Let's do it. By the way, Kai has just um, said that uh, nothing is off talk off topic we can talk oh, about oh boy <laughs> oh wow but okay be very careful wow. what you say <laughs> what what could possibly go wrong hi kai welcome to the show hello hey welcome long time no see we haven't talked we kai and i full disclosure we um we've known each other for a very long time but we haven't actually had a chance to catch up for years like like years like i left yeah. ubisoft and i don't know if i've seen you since that day almost like it's been a long time eight years ago at least right wow. it was a while ago yeah and you've still been like choring away over there making uh, moving mountains so i'm very curious as to the kind of things you've been doing and i last i checked i did a quick little background check on you to see what you'd been doing and it sounds like you're currently doing art direction stuff not animation direction stuff true or false i was doing art direction but now yeah. you're doing animation again again i'm doing animation with uh richard Royal. oh yeah Royal. you can start, really you're yeah. tag team with richard yeah. right now oh that's fun yeah. oh that's yeah. cool i had no idea so well, okay so have richard on, on, we on haven't had Richard yet. It's funny because oh, no? everyone's like, you got to get Richard on. And I'm like, you, we probably should get Richard on. Um, because David and Richard, they go way back. Uh, and they started uh, the whole I Animate uh, right. uh, game division together. So mm -hmm. they are definitely, uh, they're, they're still business partners on that particular level. And they, they go way back. They're friends. They, went, they worked in uh, the California together. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. It's only a matter of time before we drag him on the show, for sure. Yeah, he's a um, great guy. Yeah, he's very, very full of energy. And for people who know Richard, he's uh, definitely not exactly low key. He's he's like a cheerleader, a cheerleader, and a um, and a uh, animation brainstormer all all wrapped up in one package. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start with you, to be completely honest, because like, I mean, I think we should start a little bit talking about like just the basics, like how you got into animation, um, like like, and, and just that 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 big huge shift of going from something as as uh, as artistic like like tactile like living and breathing like the paper medium world into 3d why you did that and like do you mm -hmm. regret it and like what what excites you let's just start there like what started the whole journey and where how did you get into Sheridan? i think you came out of sheridan i know that much yeah i went yeah. i went to sheridan um finished in 95 i only finished okay. two years out of the three-year course yeah. And yeah, so me too. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, me too. We never. I never finished either. We're like. Uh, yeah. We're like not not like we're like part of the uh, the club, the official. There's a, there's many of us actually. Well, when when I uh, start work at um, just in '95, it yeah. was uh, my first job was doing feature. Yeah. So, so like, why was, would you go back like, to school? <laughs> there was. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was yeah. going to be in a like an animation assistant, but. Yeah, the guy gave me um, a job as an animator on uh, Odd Dogs Go to Heaven Two. Oh man! So what? That, that where, was where? Where was that? That was at Phoenix Animation. It was Phoenix. I think That's right. Okay. Funk now. They don't exist anymore. I, but I, I don't I think so either. With them for three or four years? No, okay. no. Two years. Okay, that was your um, first job out of school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then, like during that time, 
um, it was the golden age of traditional animation again. Oh, it sure was so like it was a gold like rush. Work everywhere, oh, yeah. everywhere. And as yeah. a freelancer, you're you're oh, yeah. constantly, yeah. you know, you're you're just taking in work. Yep. So my first just year surrounding there, you. Yeah. So my first year was doing not only animation but painting, uh, color tees, environmental art. I had three or four jobs going at once. <laughs> I, so I do I remember that because you were pure freelance. You were just, you seemed to be, when I was working with you, you were like, felt like you were kind of stationed a little bit there at uh, Canuck, but it, it was clear that you had other things going on, on the side. Did you also work briefly for one of the very first early, at least for a little bit of work, um, at one of the first video game companies in Toronto? I feel like I remember a story about this. Do you remember uh, it was called there something? There was a weird... Yeah. It, it wasn't a video game company. It was like a calisthenics it... sort of. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I thought it was called like Alien they were doing Brain some, or they something. They needed animation and it was uh, like for okay. calisthenics. It's it oh, weird. Okay. It was a weird <laughs> thing. And you, were do and you did some work for them, right? I remember there was yeah. something. There was something. Yeah. It felt like multimedia. It was. It felt like as close as video games as it, it, it would, it would oh, get. Oh, no. There was another one at Connect Creation. It was um, Mythic, I think. Oh, oh you're right. It was Bungie. It was yes. with Bungie. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. totally right. We worked. It was. It, I was there at the time because I was doing a bunch of like. Uh, I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing like effects cleanup or something. But it was Myth of the Fallen Lords. I that's still have right. a box somewhere, yeah. and it was like yeah. it was very early 3D RTS, and it had these really gruesome like exploding bodies in it, and um, oh, yeah. it was one wow. of Bungie's very early games. That's true. Yeah, I and they want a traditional animated sort of yep. uh, cinematic sequence. Exactly. So that's what we got, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, that's funny. Yeah. By the way, awesome. uh, for chat, uh, if it looks like this conversation is hurting Brain's brain, or Kai's brain, um, it's because he's hearing himself twice, <laughs> and we couldn't figure it out before the stream. So if he's if he's grimacing, it, it's uh, it's probably because he's, he's he might he might be ready to explode. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I'm listening to myself, so I'm kind of doing this with my <laughs> headphones. So when I'm Does talking, it help? I don't know. yeah, you're doing your own calisthenics. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So busy time. You got out of school. It was like the gold rush. People couldn't find resources, enough resources back then. So it was like, you had your fill of all kinds of choices of different jobs in the Toronto and Toronto was busy at that time. There was a lot, a good number of, it was very busy. Like there was like a lot of work to be had. It was not shortly. It was like around that time. Um, fu funny enough was right around that time um, towards the end as well that Disney Toronto started up. Um, it was, it was like, it seemed like it was just going to peak. And then it was like, maybe what, like two years after this, they opened up, they just shut down like literally overnight because the market, like for whatever, it just went, it looked like it was just going to keep going. And then it just crashed. It was crazy. Yeah. Like overnight. Yeah, yeah. Because the product that they uh, were shipping were, yeah. Not really that good, right? Well, I, I do agree. They were all they were they were focusing on direct to VHS is what they called it back then. Cause I mean this is it predates the DVD um um sort of uh I can't believe I'm even saying that out loud, but yes, it does predate uh, DVDs. And it was just sort of, you know, uh what what you know it it, it wasn't their best work, but it was it, it also just happened to coincide along sort of a bit of a crash of the 2D industry in general, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh you know, during that time there's so much like a lot of, a lot of companies wanted to um just be in part part of that industry right like mm -hmm. they, they saw a lot of money there was a lot of uh a lot of the same stories that were being told yeah and that was actually one of the reasons why i left uh mm. the 2d was i was uh i didn't i didn't have a break 
Mm. So for a good five years, I was doing 70, 80 hours a week, Oof. doing multiple jobs That's as a crazy. freelance. You, you don't want to say yeah. no. Yeah. Feast when or famine, right? That's it. Yeah. So um, you, you end up doing it, but then you start burning yourself out. Yeah. And uh, you you went to uh, to Centennial College to do 3D. And I was uh, at a phase in my life where I, I, I was completely burnt out. But yeah. I still needed to, like, I, I want to do something. Yeah. You right? wanted to pivot. So like, you felt like something 3D. needed to change. Because yeah. <laughs> so I, so you, you followed the first step I took, but then I just followed you for a little while afterwards. He even ended up at Ubisoft. Oh, we, we, sort of we, we, yes, that is, that is interesting. <laughs> it is cool that we've walked similar paths. And it's also interesting that we came from very similar roots, except I never came from sort of like the concept painting. I, I was always animation, but you went to animation school. Just well, why? Like, I'm curious, because it's something I never asked you. Why? Why? Was it just something you were really interested in? Or is it just because a lot of the work was there and, and no one else was doing it? Like, why did you get so much so heavy into the painting? Um. I was a, a traditional artist. I love being okay. in the traditional art, but yeah. not as uh, like a technical sort of thing, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's more storytelling. Mm -hmm. So visual storytelling is really important to me. Animation yeah. is a natural extension to that. It um, tends to be. And, and as an animator, like I don't think of just the motion or, or the character itself. I, I think of the world. I think of right. the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, being an artist, I, I get really bored doing the same mm. thing mm. over and over and over again, mm. right? Mm. So, uh, so that's why you, you saw me hop around from environment design, color keys, right? Uh, that's right. Any sort I did everything. of design, yeah. and then animation yeah. when I can get it, right? Yeah, yep, yep. I like it. Yep, yep. You were literally yeah. just like. You could just take take anything that came your way. You were just interested in the big thing, and it also kept you fresh because you weren't doing the same thing over and over again. It allowed you to kind yeah, of bounce it gives around you and try a lot of things. perspective, right? Yeah. Like as yeah, you sure. know, like uh, in animation, mm -hmm. as it is in games, you're you're working with hundreds of people. Yeah, right? and yeah, yeah. the more you know, the more you could sort of troubleshoot mm -hmm. and and sort of apply different knowledge from different mediums, yeah. whether it be painting or or, or photography. Yeah. Oh, yeah. whatever it is that you like you have in your life and and you're you're able to to empathize with other people's sort of uh goals or or trying mm -hmm. to figure out mm -hmm. what what the problems are in making a film or making a game mm -hmm. right here's a juicy yeah. question for you do you feel like we've deteriorated and moved away from that like I like I, I like. Do you, what's your opinion on people's uh, ability to be multi sort of mm. discipline? Like having like uh, like 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 who you were, how you had all started. Like a very broad perspective on art in general, picking up animation as well, and then having that sort of broad perspective on things. Do you feel like that still exists for people in general? I think it exists. Oh, you do? Not okay, in a interesting. Big triple A company, but You're I think it exists in much smaller. Oh, that's uh, true. Uh, indie. Yeah. And, uh, and because the way almost, that, right? uh, technology has really mm -hmm. empowered the artist yeah. to do much better quality stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you're seeing, I think if, if, if you're able or like you're willing, mm -hmm. there's opportunities out there, but not in the triple yeah. A space, the, the triple A space is kind of mm -hmm. like where it's at in the golden age back, back mm -hmm. in 1998, 99. Mm -hmm 
where it became formulaic. Yeah. And there's yeah, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people so that like when you're you're in these companies, you're you only know a small piece of of the big, you know, yeah. puzzle and you become yeah. a gear. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a complex question, but I would say uh, to to shorten that 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 answer, it's like if you want to be a tech of all trades, be hyper creative. Go into mm -hmm. like the indie studios, yep. and you know, um, Unreal is an incredible engine oh, that's going to give you AAA quality stuff. Very true. Um, with a small team, you don't Super need two hundred people, three hundred. There are people. There are people putting out yeah. amazing products these days, like, and there's yeah. like teams of three people and they're like, yeah. yes, it uh, takes them a while. Sure. Absolutely. But like you put, you put an artist and you put a programmer and then some generalist in there and like literally in some, some cases, not even a programmer because people are just figuring out the blueprints and they're making it, you know, making it, making it work. You're not going to ship AAA like that, but you certainly could do a, a small independent scoped uh, project. It's, it changes everything. Like, every, like, and, and I would say, I wouldn't even limit that to unreal. I would say that unity also for many, in many, many cases is pretty accessible. I feel like that you still need to pick up a little bit of scripting. Like you, you'll need to learn a little bit of C sharp if you wanted to do it like without a programmer, but Still, compared to what it was like before, where these like the only way you'd even get your hands on an engine, we were working at a big company, and then you had to like learn their proprietary sort of uh, you know interface. Like, I mean, Ubisoft really. I mean, what's going on in Ubisoft these days? Are they still using only the proprietary engines? Are they are they dabbling a little bit? Are they are? Huh? That's are, that's bold. Well, that's interesting. It's a bit scary. Yeah. Well, it's it's. Mm. I, I find it it's interesting because I feel like at the end of the day, programmers who are all, engineers for the most part right are also creative problem solvers and i think that that the, there's a, always a big pushback when you have a lot of very talented programmers at a company because they're just sort of like well but like that's what we do right like we we want to like we want to do the next cool thing and like show the world what we can do technologically uh, but it's it is a, a gigantic expense to like be able to like keep your own um engine running and up to date and competing with like huge dynasties like like epic games and unity it's like it's it's well, bold the interesting thing about that is that they're redoing the stuff that they've oh, done right true. like by yeah, keeping yeah, up sure. with these techs right yeah, that's, and that's it that's that's, it. that's it's weird right yeah it's, it's yeah. I don't I get it. It's, uh, I don't think that they're gonna. It's gonna last if they keep at it that way. Well, right? like, they they are definitely um, a bit of a dying breed because, like, I've been seeing a lot of these bigger companies um, in the Montreal area start to like like after years of having proprietary engines, be like, okay, no, we surrender. We're gonna just go ahead and like make the shift, you know. And uh, some of them are switching over and they're using Unreal or Unity in some cases both. Um, but well, uh, you there's know, still like, some there something like Roblox. Mm. Perfect starts. example. So Roblox, I would say there's going to be an unreal type of quality Roblox sort of way of doing things. For sure. In, in five, ten years. Easily. So yeah, you're, you're going to democratize people. You, you might not, like, you'll have coders and programmers and whatnot, but you're going to yeah, have a yeah. lot of people who are just into making That's That's worlds. Yep. And they have an the, idea. The tools will be really easy to, yep. and it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's already happening. I mean, like honestly, with with Unreal, like, that that is what 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 used to be the unfathomable is now actually possible when it comes to artists having cool ideas could actually 
execute on those ideas without literally needing to beg a programmer to help them with it, which is kind of fascinating in a way. And uh, like I said, it will limit your the scope of complexity to your to your idea and game for sure. But um, that 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 gap seems to be narrowing every single release of Unreal. So I don't know. We'll see what the future is exciting. I think that's for sure. Let's let's let's. Yeah. let's I think it's a perfect segue to talk a little bit about like you know some of the things that you like some of the projects you worked on at Ubisoft. Um, the one I'm obviously most fascinated by probably um is is definitely for honor because of how gigantic of uh, a reference and milestone it became mm. like what was it like like pushing because i mean i because when we kai and i the last time we worked together was on um something i'm probably not allowed to talk about so i'm going to try to be careful here but it was a, a game um that involved uh, a very popular main character and um, it was an action adventure kind of game and required, obviously, a very complex animation system to be able to, you know, look great and play well, right? And I remember Kai was already really pushing the envelope, trying to push the programmers to, like, talk about things like, okay, what if we dealt with, like, real-time center of balance? So that if we're calculating that right, like, in real time, we'd be able to provide better more realistic um looking leans for instance if we wanted to have a procedural lean for turning like i remember you were having these conversations and it was like that was avant-garde at the time um and then you eventually ended up you know f unfortunately everyone ended up not on that project anymore um and then you ended up on for honor and and then first i don't know i'd love to know what those early conversations look like because i have a sneaky suspicion it had a lot to do with you being like we can do better like how did that start oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, I got you know, like I, I was with that producer, uh, Stefan Cadan, yeah, for yeah. you know a long time. He Very was, good uh, team builder, uh, this guy. Uh, a producer that I've worked with for a good decade. Yeah. Right. So yeah. starting for Honor, uh, just before that was a low point in in our career at Ubisoft, yeah. where we you know invested a year mm. and a half into a product that we yeah. had to shelve. Yep, because mm. it just didn't fit in the Ubisoft portfolio. It happens. Um, More so than coming out know. of that was was pretty tough. But uh, I was one of the only artists that he retained, with I think about forty programmers. So it was me okay. and forty programmers. Oh wow! Trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, trying to figure oh, out it's, like it's painting an interesting what picture. kind of product they were going to make. And so Jason Vandenberg, um, creative director, came in and pitched this one idea. Yeah. And his pitch for mm. Froner was literally a picture of Brad Pitt in Fight Club with a, <laughs> with a long sword right beside him. <laughs> that was like his one one pager was just that one image. That, his one That's, page. I love but it. he's so charismatic, right? He is. He's he a very charismatic guy. Right? Yeah, interesting. And 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 the team uh we we made Naruto. Like I I, I worked on Naruto. Same the uh, same so team did. Like uh it was the first anime sort of game that 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 western company yeah. made so yeah. it's uh, it called nudo yeah. uh was the i don't remember nudo uh the something in the ninja rise of ninja or... uh yeah rise of the uh, rise of a ninja yeah yeah right yeah. so so i worked on that and we've never made a, a fight game prior yeah to that. you all had to figure it out Wow. Yeah, we, we had to figure it out, hire the uh, right people. So we, we made a bunch of technology just mm -hmm. to do a fight game. And from that knowledge, we were the perfect team to make another fight game. But this time it's like a ultra-realistic uh, medieval sword fighting game, right? And right from the beginning, I, I, I knew that uh, 
he want realism like the 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 creative director want realism he's such a, a big sword fighting nerd yeah it's like i couldn't keyframe that well and even just, then it's like you're talking you know uh, a dozen characters right? yeah and all yeah balance. yeah well, and just so, to put this in a perspective really quick is this um, Vandenberg, he was the creative director for a, a Nintendo Wii game called Red Steel. Uh, Red Steel, if you remember, if anyone knows this game, was very um, uh, next level as far as really leaning in on the, 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 the what were they called again? There were the, 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 the Wiimotes and the nunchucks, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So basically, you, you were like controlling the actual swords through the motion of your body, right? This is something that we now take for granted in VR, but this is years before VR was a thing. And, you know, this, this, so this was kind of like a big deal. So he's going into this probably thinking, how can I make a fighting game but have that kind of reactivity? Because, you know, reactivity on the stick, you know, you're usually pressing buttons and, you know, and, and throwing like the, the stick in different directions. And there's always that sort of kind of an abstraction to like, I'm doing this because I want my avatar to do this. Where yeah. in using like a, a remote and swinging around and your character swinging your sword around is more of a one-to-one -one sort of reproduction of, of your will being projected onto an avatar. So... I'm sure he was probably looking for that. And Kai's probably, you're probably thinking like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, I loved it. I, I love yeah, well, the sure. challenge, I mean, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, we got along really well right right from the beginning, right? Mm. Um, I knew that he wanted something super realistic, so it had mm. to be mocap, mm. right? And, uh, and we want to be as faithful as we can to the source. Right, so we 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 had uh, a few pillars that 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 we agreed on in terms of the creative vision, the the animation vision, and uh, one pillar was uh, faithful to the source. Mm. It's it's not just being, it's it's not trying to copy and recreate the the the, the real sword fighting thing. It's mm. it's but there's something that you recognize like if mm -hmm. you're a samurai mm -hmm. you do recognize the pose you do recognize right. the move sets right right yeah it's it's trying to be as uh uh as faithful to that and another pillar was being raw like we didn't want the sword fighting to feel like uh assassin's creed even though i love assassin's creed and uh and and you know uh films like 300 it mm -hmm. was um it was like a dance. Hmm. It didn't have that sort of brutal sort of yeah. you're in, oh, yeah. you know, a, a, a life or death situation, right? I, there's yeah. a beauty in something that's super raw. Yeah, just it's, like desperate. Yeah, yeah. So, so knowing that we had, uh, uh, you know, mocap in the plans, um, yeah. we got like a stunt coordinator together. We uh, we got really serious with it. I was able to convince him to get six weeks of rehearsal. Oh my God, that what's uh, what's, what's the gold standard? Who did you have to? Yeah. What's the uh, gold standard in like, how long would you usually oh, have to? Oh, usually no, you get no two rehearsal. days. Couple of days. <laughs> you get two days before you go if into like lucky. a, a yeah. No, we rent a warehouse. That's, that's yeah. huge. They train for six weeks. Wow, like and like a, like they would designers. In I I brought uh, you know my animators, uh, the game designer, game director, um, 
they saw their design yeah. in rehearsal and they would actually rework their design so that it would fit the motion. Wow. Such like, a smart it idea. It makes yeah. sense for the, the stunt performers to actually do it in a way that, that, that felt, you know, real. Yeah. Then there could be something off with the, the design yeah. itself. Right? Yeah. So I had a lot of trust from, from, uh, from the creative director, from my producer to invest in that mm. sort of, uh, uh, innovation. Yeah. Right? And preparation. Uh, so that, that was <clears throat> the personal sort of innovation, like how, how, you know, you're going to convince the, the, the studio to, to put that amount of money and time mm. into a product. Right. And then the other side, uh, was, uh, the technology part, right? The technology <laughs> yeah. part was that, uh, yeah, we, we could have a, uh, a motion tree or motion graph, right. But, could. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're looking at 40,000 animations, oh, yeah. little clips, you know, oh, yeah. transition clips, yeah. and that would break the, uh, mm. the acting, what, mm. how I invested all this time into getting the actors to, to feel tired, to feel like, you know, they're, uh, they're really in the moment. I want like the way we shot, it was like long clips, yep. two minute clips mm, of them yep. actually doing a, a bunch of like all these, uh, blocks and running around and whatnot. Right. So I want to retain that, like they're, they're in the moment, they're actually acting. Mm. They're not just doing one move and then T pose. <laughs> like they're yep. always in character. Um, just really quick for those who don't have the kind of the video game animation experience, just to kind of put things in a perspective, what Kai's alluding to here is that the traditional way of making a game that would try to look really fluid would be like what Assassin's Creed did. And Assassin's Creed had these very complex um, animation trees with broken up into many different layers for the different body parts. It would work for sure and it ended up looking pretty good but it ended up still being a bit mechanical like i mean yeah sure he looks awesome when running and yeah sure he's got some really cool movements but as soon as you start trying to have all these edge cases sort of taken care of like what happens if you're attacking when you're not quite facing the character and um you know all the little things start to add up and then what ends up happening is it does because you start to replace this sort of the nuances of performance that kai's talking about for just filling in the gaps of data to make sure that the system doesn't break and look ugly. So it's like, yes, it, you can make a game like that 100%. And that was the gold standard 100%. I mean, and I don't think it's hard to argue that, uh, that the Assassin's Creed wasn't doing it right with the kind of money that they made that that game was highly successful and it continues to be where, but like, you know, obviously Kai had a, an opportunity here to be like, does it have to be like that? Like, what if we wanted to kind of, what if we feel like we're losing something there? And I'm sure even just by doing those performances and those preparations, you're probably kind of pointing at it going, do you see these little things there that'll look awesome that you're excited by right now? Yeah, you can kiss that goodbye unless we find a way of kind of getting that back, right? Yeah. Like, like when you're truncating an animation for responsiveness, like yeah. you have an idol and then yeah. you start moving, well, you lose all the, that acting from all that of idol. It. Yep. it doesn't... You know, it doesn't bridge because you have a transition that is half a second and yep. then you have a cycle, like a run cycle. Whereas our version of, of uh, motion matching is like that transition, that all that clip, it's, it's a minute long clip of them running around and being in the moment, right? So you, yeah. you retain that. It doesn't just like go from one golden pose to another golden pose. 
right? Yeah. So the way that um, how how I got uh, that tech piece of tech was from a guy named Simon Clavé. Do you know Simon Clavé? Yeah, I do. He's yeah. like yeah. animation programmer genius. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's like not at UB anymore. Though, is he? He's like the Einstein. Of, is he still at UB? Uh, no, no, no. He, okay, uh, I thought he. Had, I thought so. I thought he left. I think he's with. Uh, he's. Don't tell me he's that epic. No, he not could be. That epic. No, no, no. Uh, it's uh, what's that under? Yeah, no, I forget the the game. Anyways, Bioshock. Yes. That, that, Bioshock. That, oh, really? Yes. Oh no way! Uh, so he's why my? He's at um, uh, Cloud Cloud Chamber. That's right. Oh no way! That's here in Montreal. That's so cool. He's still here. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's so fun. he came. He, he was doing R and D, and he looked at Assassin. He was shopping his tech around, mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 he uh, he asked me if uh, I want to use it. I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like it, it was risky right mm. yeah um, yep. it was super risky so we put him in the corner for mm. a good three months to see what he would be doing so i yeah. i had a plan b mm. but my plan a was to use his tech right and yeah, yeah. He, he proved himself and That's crazy. Uh, you know the project was five years long so thankfully it was long so uh, was we, we were he... able to refine it was oh hey by the way before i before i forget uh, i don't want to get in trouble later i for for ignoring her but i just noticed christine's in the chat she's like was that the game with lars and lou and louis <laughs> and yes christine it was definitely the game with lars and louis because yeah, she must have tuned in right when i was talking about um about that secret project that didn't uh, unfortunately make it oh she's talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah 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 lars yeah. bond and louis vincent oh yeah, yeah. I, I, Okay, she yeah. knows Lars. She's paying attention. She's paying attention. <laughs> There's gonna be a quiz. There's gonna be a quiz after. Yes, you're here, all right. There's gonna be a quiz after class, Christine. So you better be ready. She says hi. Um. So, uh, was he working off of a white paper or anything, or was he like like? Because I know at the time there were a bunch of like at Seagraph, like there were some very very advanced sort of 3D. Uh, kind of engineers that were really trying to work on these hypothetical problems. That's and right. some people were talking about motion matching. And, and some of you might have seen that uh, classic viral video that went around. If you were paying attention, it still floats around from, uh, from time to time. It's actually um, uh, on neural networks, which is a similar kind of way of solving the problem. But you would, it's, it, you, it's a, 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 um, a demo of someone driving around this like wolf-like character. Um, and it like, so at that time back then, there were all these people that were talking about it. Was he, did he just sort of like, did he read a white paper and be like, this is the next thing and I'm just going to just yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what happened. Interesting. Yeah. And Ubisoft's like, go ahead. We, well, <laughs> go yeah, the well, we it. have an R and D department and he's always yeah. been in R and D, right? He so, has been, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when, when you're in that department and you don't have a real project, <laughs> it takes a long time to get anything off the ground. You, you yep. need to have some practical sort of uh, demonstration mm. and have have a project and a bunch of crazy people to 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 latch onto that and 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 drive that for for, yep. for uh, production. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't get everything he wanted. I mean, he was it was more scientific for him, and it was for sure. That for sure. We have to make it production ready, and uh, yep. we had great people to that that believed in it but also mm. applied some constraints right so yeah 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 it's still an evolution sure right? um, it continues to be 
Yeah. I'm curious in your perspective, because you've been around long enough to have an opinion on this. What do you feel like? And someone asked this earlier and it was Joe animates was asking like, what do you think the reason is for the hesitancy of adopting um, these, these, um, these third party engines? Uh, that is a slightly different question, but it's related to what I'm about to ask. Like, in, like, why, why is that like, why is that considered a risk? Why did Simoa have to go and need like the animation director's support to essentially be like, I believe in this, we should really take the chance. Like, what is it that stops the industry like from just embracing these things like, like full bore and just heading forward into the future in your mind? What stops uh, well, that? Well, you know, um, do you want to gamble like, you know, tens of millions of dollars on a, 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 a you know, making a game? Mm on a technology that's not proven, right? Yeah. Like that's, it's a business case, right? And yeah, yeah. It's true. and that's really tough, right? And it's yeah. for a lot of producers, a lot of people <clears throat> who are like, you know, forking out 60 million euros, are, are you yeah. really gonna take that chance? Yeah, right? yeah. So it takes, uh, it takes a producer, it takes everybody to be on board to, to, yeah. to know each other and to trust yeah. each other and yeah. to say, you know what, this is, this is worth it. Yeah, they, they, they need to have done the math too to sort of measure the ROI, right? Like it is like, yeah. yes, there's always a risk, but like what would happen if we could do this? Like would, yeah. we, would we move the needle? I, I bring it up just because I think, you know, a lot of people who don't work in games, they don't always necessarily understand, right? Like for a technologically driven industry, um, it is still very risk adverse because engineers are the ones who are in positions, uh, especially very experienced ones, to try to mitigate that kind of risk because like Kai said, there is millions of dollars on the on the line and and like you it's like do you want to be the one like do you, do you want it to be your decision to like be like we should do this thing it's going to be great and then it just falls apart millions of dollars and well, so i'm curious uh, why can't studios have something set up on the side right so yes they're mm -hmm. still working with what they already know but we're just going to like do some stuff that's never going to see the day of light and just well, test this stuff before we actually they, they integrate. do do that there's a they lot do. of studios yeah. that do that yeah. right okay. but uh, that's that, that's where Simo works. He was working in the, what, what did they call that group again at Ubisoft? Oh, I forget. Uh, it was called the, the Forge, maybe? Yeah, they kept, mm. they kept rebranding. But it, like literally studios that size have these R&D divisions that literally do only just, just they just put, you, you got a thesis, you got an idea, you want to go ahead and try to prove, go for it. And, yep. and they just tap into it. It's like if, yep. if, it, if it does bear some fruit and you have a producer and maybe a couple of directors that are kind of like paying attention, they're like, you know, that's a really good fit for our project. They might tap you and like, next thing you know. And there are all those people in that department are hoping that that's exactly what happens so that they, they they're, they're, you know this this thing that they brought to life will actually have a chance to see the light of day yeah and i guess it's only the big studios that can really spearhead that because of, of the money it's, it can right? be pricey it's, yeah yeah exactly. yeah it's yeah. very pricey because yeah. it's they're rolling the dice right that's just like a big gambling unit basically they're just pouring money into it and they hope that every once in a while something comes out of that that suddenly can like they can market the hell out of and they yeah. can change <laughs> they can you know maybe hopefully convert into uh sales yeah you know because you know at the end of the day I guess that's what it's all about, right? Trying to make money. Mm. Interesting. So, okay. So, so you had, that's, it's just like the planets align for you because you had an ambitious mandate. You had a very ambitious creative director who was coming from this, this sort of place where he wanted to do something different. He was big on, on, on a fighting game, but he wanted it to feel like you said more raw. So like, why in your mind, like, what was the connection there when you're like, okay, so, okay, fight club. And like, you want it to feel raw and you wanted these nuanced little things like, like, did it just, did, 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 
did, were you just seeing what happened to see what Simone was doing? And you're like, holy crap, there's something there. Or did he come to you and show you something? And you're like, oh my God, like, where, how did that, like, where did that, did you remember? And maybe you don't remember how yeah. that spark happened. No, it was very organic, super okay. organic, right? Uh, we, we've known each other before mm. that. Uh, mm. I always knew that he was a really smart guy. Um, he, he knew that guy. I complained a lot about the way the animation tree. <laughs> you guys are perfect worked. for one another. Right? It's like, yeah. He's, exactly. He's solve like he knew problems. that he he's super smart. couldn't get anywhere with Assassin. Yeah. Because Assassin has their he own. Tried. Yeah. He, I, I think the he way did of doing try, things. Right? But he the did. thing he is, did. like, Assassin has their own way of working, right? Yeah. So totally. He needed a team that would be able to really embrace yeah, yeah. his way of thinking. And well, that's. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he like, cause when I remember he was building this really advanced sort of full body IK solution way before it was a big thing, like way before Kinema, before they started licensing that kind of technology in engines, like he was at the bleeding edge of this. And I remember people like, you know, he was working with Gilles Montaigne. I remember very distinctly, the two of them were kind of playing off of one another. Gilles, by the way, we got to get him in on the show one day. That would oh, be amazing. Yeah. Such a character. Gilles has been around the industry for a really long time. He just, I just saw him kind of go viral recently for some yeah. video that he put together for, it was like, I think it was to kind of, it was a marketing video for Ubisoft, but it That's was a true. little bit of like a documentary. Yeah. You should yeah, check yeah, it yeah. out. Just type in his name, Gilles Montai. You'll see him on YouTube. He's a very funny guy. He comes from like, like mime school in France and then suddenly finds himself um, leading the charge of animation at a video game company in Montreal, Canada amazing anyways i digress he was working on this stuff but it wasn't weren't, weren't the uh wasn't that team still working like the assassin's key the, the team creed there wow the assassin's creed team were working still in 3d studio max biped i think still at that time oh, weren't yeah. they so oh, yeah. they're like that was, that's a very closed system so i can only imagine yeah like as ty's ty put for it them, for them, way of doing if, things. if it doesn't break right that's it that's it you know yeah yeah but it is it broke, don't fix it well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, but they haven't, they, I heard rumors that they had finally started um, moving away from that and they were actually kind of modernizing. Oh, you don't know. Okay. I'd be curious. Not sure. Got to get somebody on the show. Okay. So were you scared at some point though? Because I mean, it is a gamble, right? And you're kind of becoming the, one of the, one of the people like blowing the horn saying we should try this. Like at what point, was there ever a point during development? You're like, oh my God, what have I done? No, not at all. No, eh? Wow, cool. Not at all. It, it's very organic. Like, we have, you know, gates that we have to pass. And there's always progression, right? Uh, really, the technology was one thing, but the game itself, like the, the design of the characters, the movesets, I was concentrating on that, right? So I was concentrating on the artistic needs. Mm. The, the technology... A lot of it was I, I left Simone to do his thing. And every so often I would go, how can I support you? Okay, this is not where we need to go or can go because it's it's too experimental. Things like that. And he'll ask me is like, what do what do I really need? Right. Because it's a black box. You know yeah. anything about motion matching? It's a black box. Um, it's really hard to control. And so there are things that I need as uh, animation director to, to, to say, okay, you know what? It's motion matching. It's just choosing certain motion sets that I just don't want. I need you to cut that out. It's, it's, it's um, for him, uh, it was 
that wasn't the right solution for him. Like, you know, like the more data you have, the the better, the more realistic the uh, the motion would be. And my belief was actually the less data mm. uh, it has, the, yeah. the more control I have. Totally. I totally like sometimes, agree with you. Like, like I don't want <clears throat> variations, you know, uh, sometimes uh, the character will do a plant and turn that's wrong because it has too much data. It's yep. just, you know, it's odds yeah. thinking and mathematically is like the, the, the turn radius or, you know, some sort of like, you know, speed of the bones and then mm -hmm. it'll just pick mm -hmm. something random. Right. Yep. But for, for us, we clearly see that's not the, the emotion that we want out of the character. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up, you know, forcing Simone to do is like, I need to mark these up as my favorite or something. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's like, at least I can mark it up. It's like, help. this is my favorite. Yeah. Like prioritize. System along. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, we, yeah. I got a taste of this technology, by the way, uh, chat, I tried to um, drop the YouTube channel of that video specifically for you, but reach stream decided to, I've never seen this before. It came up with like, I need to log in <laughs> and I'm like, uh, but oh, really? I'm, I am logged in right now. So I don't know. I just, I'm worried about trying to log in and then I might get kicked off the, uh, what was the name the, of the uh, show, show, Brent? I'll try it's, and drop it's, it. It's actually, you know what I'll do? I'll drop it right here in private chat, and then you can maybe hopefully put it right there. Right. That's the YouTube uh, right there. So that's, that's that's the Gilles Montoy video, which is a Ubisoft-sponsored video that kind of essentially talks about him in a nutshell and how he's evolved from being a mime, literally, and being theatrically trained in France and then doing what he does now. He's great. I love this man very much. Um um so we, we over at idos we were playing around with with motion matching and um so it's it's, it's great to pick your brain because i don't know a lot of people who've done this yet and so it's it's sharing notes is interesting because i we noticed the same thing the problem is is that a system like um and I, i'm going to do my best to try to describe my understanding of it and i think mm -hmm. you should sort of try to fill in the blanks where i might like trip up a little bit or maybe you have a different perspective but basically motion matching is very data hungry it's all about big data sets so you want to shoot things like kai said in their entirety instead of trying to get very specific moments you want to get like literally a moment of rather than having an idol and then uh and shoot it and shoot a bunch of different idols and then shoot a bunch of start for idol to starts and then shoot a bunch of uh, run cycles and then shoot a bunch of stopping running and then expect a state machine to sort of put those and blend those together nicely you would literally shoot a guy idling and then starting to run and then you'd have almost like the whole thing now we don't shoot it like that we did what we were we called them dance cards which was yeah. essentially building a choreograph choreography of essentially trying to make sure you covered all your bases yeah, you want to make sure that you optimize had a, the system exactly yeah. optimize what are the things that the, the character might need to do can i get a person to run that gauntlet in a way that they would those moments would be mostly covered right but as yeah. kai pointed out what happens is for when you just throw and just to complete the, the 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 whole the whole system when that system is when you get all that data, what happens is it will then usually, uh, there's usually a process that happens that, that, that you kind of, you do a solve before. And it's what it's doing is it's indexing. It's taking a look at things like angular velocities. It's looking at foot positions. It's looking at linear velocities. It's kind of trying to measure the data. And then what happens is as you're playing the game, and this is assuming that it's like, you're the, you're, 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 you're using it for like a player character. Um, you are, you're, you're essentially trying your, your, your player brain is saying, oh, okay, I want to run. Cause you're going to jam the stick forward. And that it translates to a desire to do probably uh, character wants to like move forward at a certain velocity. Do I have something in my data bank that looks like something like that, a transition from not moving to doing this thing. And it tries to play as much of that clip 
as possible until another signal or another desire comes along. If you give the system too many things, like Kai said, if you're, if you haven't optimized that dance card, you have too many things that are redundant and kind of too similar to one another, you can get some very weird transitions because the machine learning that's trying to decide for you based on just posture and, 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 and momentums, it could just do something that fits as far as the numbers are concerned but aesthetically it's not going to be what you were looking for so did yeah. i how did i do is that like in your perspective yeah, was it kind of the same yeah, thing okay. that, that that's the basic version of it right yeah, there's yeah. a lot that needs to go into it like um a lot his history of where you were at right yeah so we exactly quite there i think it's better now right uh right. but during that yeah, time sure. like we had a lot of problems with plant and turn on um, plants mm -hmm. and turn right okay. 180s and 90s right, right? Yeah. the way that you would just yep. stop your body mm -hmm. would like sink down you would, you mm -hmm. know you put your foot out and you brace yourself right. and you start going yeah. the opposite direction yep yeah it would choose a um start from idle so the right. character would automatically just pop slide up. a bunch yeah right and yeah. so there are ways of getting around that you could put it in a separate container you could do mm -hmm. some clunky stuff right sure and yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I had lively discussions on that, right? <laughs> Just sure because we were trying to pioneer something that yeah. was, had yeah. to be production ready. But, yeah. Yeah. And the, the tricky thing is you go to a program and say like, look, it's not doing the right thing. And he's like, well, I beg to differ <laughs> because it is actually, and it is actually choosing the exactly the right thing. Oh, and you're like, but, but you no, know, I don't Simone mean like the right is, thing. Is, right is, thing. Like yeah. he sees it. Once he gets you see it. it right? He gets it. Like, so For it's sure. a, it's an issue yeah. and it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that we have to resolve, but you have to resolve it. Um, creatively. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because, yeah. There's lots of schools yeah. of thought on that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's what's really interesting about our, our industry, just working with technical people or people oh, who are yeah. not animators, yeah. but they're nope. really into animation. They're really yeah. into motion. They're really into like, and they're super smart. Yeah, they appreciate it. Like yeah. Me too. They, they appreciate it from a completely different angle. Like the guy over at IDOS who was like, like I all praise, um, you know, animation programmers, all, all animation pros, uh, animator. Wow. Just tonight. I just can't speak. All animation pr um, programmers out there, like hats off oh, yeah. friends, because yeah. without <laughs> you, we would be nothing. But yeah, he, his name, uh, Dominic Duchemin. He, uh, he yeah. was the brainchild behind that big push. He was the, the one brave enough who believed in it. And it takes a special breed of programmer who, like you said, it's like they appreciate movement, but it's almost like they appreciate the, the math of the movements. Like they, mm -hmm. they, they like to like, and they, and they see, they have a keen enough eye that they can look at something that you put in the game. Like I, you always know a good animation programmer when then they're tapping you on the back and going, Hey, have you seen the latest data, man? I don't think it's like, and you're like, Oh no, oh, I yeah. haven't. Oh my God. Let me take a look. It's like, <laughs> which is a nice, it's, it's a nice problem to have because uh otherwise what you don't want is the animated the, the engineers that integrated a bunch of the, the animation and and you're looking at the latest and you're just like what is going on in here and you go ask them like did you notice how like this looks he's like yeah isn't it great and you're like oh my god why like it, it it's amazing how different um you know they, 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 they let's say let's just say that all engineers are not built the same and um the ones okay. that are that really tend to appreciate these things gravitate towards these more artistic channels like i mean i would say the same thing for tech art and the engineers who do the shader development like these people are just next level and they are just as artistic as the person coming up with the concepts but it's just they do it differently they're they're essentially leveraging the technology to make it happen I, mean, I, I just for, I'm, I'm, I'm forever in debt and, and forever enamored and impressed with the people who do these things because yeah. they well, make Brent, it look easy and we both know it's not. It reminds me of how you, you'd always say that, you know, uh, an artist in a specific um, field 
should know a department either side of yeah right and it sounds like in uh in video games that yeah absolutely like a programmer should have a good understanding of like art or movement or animation and and vice versa if you're if you're trying to get in animation programming or if you are for instance uh you want to be a gameplay programmer i put them in the same category because gameplay programming is essentially the interface it's like that intersection right it's like okay the games try to be fun you're going to be moving this character around they need to do things but they need to be like it's it's like the classic thing like from from and i'm sure kai will agree with this or maybe not but i i I feel strongly about when like it's it could be very frustrating when when people assume that there's all these problems with the animation in the game and there might be problems with the animation in the game but there's a big difference between like like because we're asking for a, the player character to be able to do something in like a, in, in a half a second that should take about five seconds to do and it pops and it does some really ugly blends. It's like, well, you could say that the animation system, the data is not doing the job, but I would say that you, you know, you ask for, you know, <laughs> play stupid games, win stupid prizes basically is what uh-huh. you get. Like you can't, yeah. you just can't, you know, but that's, well, I you think know that, how you get around that, Brent. Uh, how do you, you know do how you get around I, I haven't figured out yet. Uh, like the, the the whole discussion about like you know timing and and yeah. you know between gameplay programmers and designers yes. and animators, right? Get them acting uh, it out. You get with during the... no, you don't. It's what? like uh, the problem is not um, the problem is not in the animation or the programming. The problem is the type of game that you want to make. Oh yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Right. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It's true. It's 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 from the creative you're... vision, and you need to communicate yeah. that, and that's the He's role so of the right. director to say, "What? Yeah. Are you doing a super realistic game? Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. how it has oh, to man. be. I'm so Are you doing a Mario game?" you're using the same examples i always do it's like you're he's right he's right i often say that this this the the problem lives at the intersection between the the, the the high level design on what the gameplay is and what the art direction is you cannot try to make a game look like assassin's creed but then have the gameplay uh, designers essentially pushing the, the, the game by the gameplay programmers to make the game like control like super mario mm. brothers you just like because those it, it those are two juxtapositional things like you just can't it's animation is always going to get destroyed in that intersection because it's like it is not well, there's compatible. real there's no art direction then right yeah. there's no yeah. real yeah uh mm. investigation as to how like you want how do you make sell that, that? Game, yeah. right yeah 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 so it's really important to like not be in that sort of conversation to begin with yeah right yeah, and ideally. so and that comes from uh, experience working in, yep. in in with with teams so how yep. how do you how do you argue that fact how do you yeah. negotiate right yep. uh, and that's yep. the other side of you know yeah yeah, so yeah are there sure. any sort of uh you know signs <laughs> before starting a project that that might be the case where they don't really mm. have it figured out or no like <laughs> oh it happens all the time like right. in, in, literally in, all uh, the time in, in, in <laughs> games triple a games it uh happens all the time right yeah. so with any big production uh the core team really needs to trust each other right mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's a science within itself right it's, it's, it it's, truly it's, is it's, it's yeah. fr- you you have to be open to to having those discussions and deep discussions mm-hmm. in the beginning yep. and then uh and then build that trust 
and report yeah. so that when you do face these 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 uh, questions, challenges, that that it, it doesn't become toxic. And it's yep. like, oh, it's the gameplay people exactly. that's right. And it's the yep. animators that's wrong. Totally, like, I, yeah. I just don't even want to go there because no. yep. that's, that's not a team thing, right? Yeah. Hard to avoid, though, depending on the team that you're on. I mean, I think a lot, like you said, it's, it's a lot of it's chemistry. And if it, you it were lucky time, because though. it yeah. takes time, right? Yeah. And it, 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 it's, you know, we've been working in the industry for so long. And, you know, you're such a personable guy. I'm, I'm sure you're able to navigate through that, right? Like, I'm better at it now. I wasn't, I wasn't exactly, always so great right? at it. It takes time. I, yeah. I was terrible at it, you know? Right. Well, I learned yeah. the, the hard way. Yeah, it took me 20 yeah. years, right? What did you do to learn? Like, how did you educate yourself to get Just through, through that? Like, I've been there. I've I've done yeah, that. Yeah. I've seen that. I've yeah. seen those arguments not work. So right. I need to yeah. change tack. Totally. Okay. Right. Some people can't, but like I think mm. Kai, I, it was Kai is definitely a naturally curious person who really is like, like I said, like he is, it's he comes from art, but I always watched him navigating and pushing and getting very involved in those technical conversations. And I think it's because you you seem to pick up really early, you're earlier than I did, that that the only way, like there there is no such thing as a division between tech and art in a way. It's an illusion. Yeah. It's like we're all making a game yeah. and we need to figure out how to leverage both sides of that sort of mosaic of different perspectives to achieve the objectives of the game. And we all need to somehow find a way of meeting in the middle. And so yeah. Kai just threw himself right in the middle and was having these technical conversations and surrounded himself with um with you know with engineers that were willing to listen and like and then had that 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 got it in a way, you know, like what's there's no point talking to somebody you're just you're wasting your time and energy just trying to convince somebody who just doesn't want to be convinced you got to find a way of hopefully picking the right team and hopefully taking your time to show and like you said like it's it's uh it's it's a lot of directing is is uh, diplomacy yeah it's about trying to pick your battles make the right allegiances um build that trust because you're gonna rely on it at some point because god knows when it gets scary and it starts to get it get busy and the, the, the pressure starts to go up you're the only thing you're gonna have is trust and if you don't have it people are it that's when the knives come out and it gets ugly and there's no one you know, i'm getting too old for that crap so you gotta you just you gotta put yourself out there and be transparent make those you know put your cards on the table i guess yeah, it's 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 so it's so very refreshing having you on here because because we because we both have like lived it right and yeah it's 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 not an easy thing to learn it is it's uh and and, and I think you got to start learning to see it from other people's perspectives like for the longest time I would be like I, you know why is it like this and no one wants to take a chance and I'm like well because the engineers a lot of people they lose track of the fact that a game is software. It's software. At the end of the day, to, if you don't believe me, go take a look at what happened to um, to Cyberpunk. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Cautionary tale, my friends. It's mm. software. What I mean by that is, yes, it is artistic. Yes, it is, an, it is an expression of these glorious visions of so many things all colliding in, into some one singular place where you can experience something like you can't experience anything else. Yes, it is all those things. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't run properly then no one can play it and yeah. people are going to freak the hell out because they you just essentially took their money and didn't give them something that even runs. Well, it's so, a big marketing thing, right? So it, yeah, that's for the sure. danger. That's the danger of um, really good art. Yeah. Yes. And, and overselling falling, sometimes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. 
there were a couple of projects that were uh, that was on that uh, we we sold through the art. You know, we yep. we. Yep. Yeah. kept on pushing and, and succeeding in the gates and uh, i have one in my mind i have one in my mind yeah, right yeah. Now, but i'm not there's a bunch and then yeah. it's like at the end we're like okay it doesn't work yep right and that's so... it and now what yeah so like so my guess the point i was making is it's easy so if you do find yourself like an artistic oriented person working on a game and you find yourself like frustrated by some of the pushback you get from from engineers spend a day in their shoes that's all i'm telling you to take a minute to really appreciate where they're coming from because the pressure for them is to make it run and so you know artistic ideas often are risky often especially if they are trying to you know um, set a new standard that hasn't been done before, like motion matching. It's like it is there is risk there, and the who's going to be the one blamed when it doesn't run properly? They're going to remember that it's just like it, it's going to sound like it's a programmer's problem, and and nothing sucks more than there was some programmer that just bought in on this really cool idea and then just wasn't able to make it happen. So, you know, it's just it's complicated. You well, know, the, the thing about artists and engineers, we're we're mm. kind of like two sides of the same. Kind of like totally. Two very different 100%. The, the issue is that um, as a creative, you're you're very impulsive. Mm. Yeah. Right? But you do have to understand that uh, if you have this one great idea, you could probably come up with another great idea that meets the yeah. scope and challenges yeah. of the game that you are trying to make. If you're not able to convince the programmers of like this amazing idea, then you need to really investigate how you communicate those ideas, right? And 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 see how you could win them over, right? Or just come up with another idea because you know what? Ideas are cheap for me, and it feels like okay if you don't like that idea, here's another dozen, hmm. right? Pick, right? yeah, um, yeah, and that's 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 working in production, right? Um, it and is, you know the is. best ideas are the ones that uh, have a lot of constraints. Yeah, you know, they have you to. know, yeah. we, we we see stories yeah. all the time, like like the whole like iconic scene of uh, Harrison Ford and in Indiana Jones. Mm. He, they mm. retired. They had this full script of choreography, and he ends yep. up just shooting the guy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that that could be a constraint. Right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great ideas are often born out of constraints, right? It's yeah. like it's because that's when you the have best, to be the most creative. The best oh, you are, ideas. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Brad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Without constraints uh, equals uh, paralysis, as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah. and not to mention a huge liability. Well, it goes back to what you were saying about having just way too many choices, you know, and that's where yep. the data kind of got mixed up because there's just too yep. many choices. Yep. You don't know yeah. what to pick. So, yeah. Yeah. so what's next for you, Kai? one of my oldest friends oh, what are you well, do, like where like i mean like yeah what's what castle are you planning on storming next there are things brewing we'll, mm. I, I can't speak too much about naturally. it naturally but we'll see naturally. i mean uh, like in the next five years i the the gaming mm. environment is changing really fast how right mm. um well you see what uh unreal is doing you've seen the matrix uh <laughs> oh, wait, i did see unloaded. that yes. right so <laughs> i spent about Jesus. half an hour Have analyzing you? that footage if you're oh looking God. at that stuff, right, and you're seeing what they're trying to do, they're trying to demarketize AAA open world games. They're giving that source code free um, to anybody who's using Unreal. In five <laughs> years, you're going to have small companies making <laughs> huge open world games, 
yeah. with that level of quality, if not better. Like open so, world games. Can you imagine? It's it's there. It's already there. Like, like it's, it's happening. That yeah. source code is going to come out, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you're going to see a lot. Yep. So wow. uh, all the stuff that you're seeing from big companies with their proprietary open world source codes and mm -hmm. engines, uh, they have this beast to, to compete. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, I feel like they're becoming see dinosaurs. a lot of proceduralism in, in mm. games like Houdini is yeah, totally oh, yeah. integrated. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Oh, I mean, just because, I, I, I mean, they've always been awesome. Side Effect Software, Toronto, shout out. Um, they um, honestly, it's nice to see that because they've always been very niche in the VFX yeah. industry. And it seems like they've found yet another niche in the video game industry. Now that the engines are capable of kind of do, doing the, have the horsepower to do the kind of computing yeah. that their software has the, been the, doing. The, the, the proceduralism, because yes. like, you know, that, that, that city that was built was built yeah. with Houdini. Yep. Right, the true the story. Like you're not gonna hand place all those buildings no, you're and not. everything, right? Uh, nope. You're just not. <laughs> um, yep. So you're you're seeing that revolution happening. Yep. Right. Um, you're seeing uh, Roblox and kids that are gonna graduate. You know, kids who are programming in Roblox right now, five oh, ten yeah. years, yep. they're still gonna be making stuff, but who knows what they're gonna be making, right? Um, you're gonna see more power uh in headsets and, and 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 consoles so yeah some version of the metaverse will be happening and so yeah i, I think for animators artists in general like the technology can feel you know uh, daunting and overwhelming overwhelming like meta human yeah. if i want to be I a modeler and then I see meta humans like yeah, or I, yeah, it's true though. Right? It's true. But, like how like that? Can you imagine that's the bar that's being set now? And it's like, why would I even bother trying to be a character model if that's what's going exactly. on? Exactly. But that's that's this is where I uh, I have an opinion about this because I love this I'm, stuff. I'm all ears. That that's happening. It's 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 not taking away your your job or anything like that because at the end of the day, you're gonna have a lot of realism in games. Yeah, but it's gonna everything is gonna look real. There, yep. where's the art? I agree with right? you. Where's the art? Yep. So, and yeah, you, you think it's gonna be a resurgence, a resurgence of, of okay, we're bored of real. That's not what we signed up for. Yeah. So look at Arcane. That's a good right? example. Very yep. good example. Arcane is gonna in ten years, <laughs> fifteen years, is still gonna look amazing. It's 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 timeless. I totally agree with it, you. It is totally timeless. If if you look at uh, the Netflix, what is it? Robot, uh, Love, Death, and Robot? Yep. Yep. Right? So some yeah. really good stuff. But yeah. there's oh, a lot really of like, okay, well, that's mocap, and the skin looks great and everything, but I'm so bored. I know. I know. It's just like, it's like um, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I agree. And in and, 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 and five years, it's going to look dated. Yep. Yep. It, it will. So, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, is, it is unavoidable at this point. Yeah. Because of that so curve that we're artist, on right now. Yeah. So as an artist coming out mm. of school, like you have tools right now to make your own game. Yep. If you have the drive to do it. Yeah. That is some you sage advice. You have tools to um, make concept work instead of taking three days. Uh, you could use, you know, 3D to help you with concepts in, you know, half a day. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much that you could do to, to, it's, it's not the execution. It's, it's like what's mm-hmm. in your head as an artist yeah. and what you want. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it's and always been that right there to help you. Right. It's, that's right. what art's always supposed to be. Like art is yeah. like one of the closest yeah. things that you can get to showing yeah. people how you see the world or yeah. like you, like, I mean, I always talk about this, about like the classic painters, you, you know, you have your, you know, you, you know, the, the usual suspects, you know, and um, you know, you know, the Van Goghs and the, um, you know, I could go on for hours. I think, you know, my point, like abstractionism, these, you know, I'll, it, it took me to have to go to art school before I started realizing that, that uh, these people actually got bored with reality too. If you go back <laughs> and take a look at their sketchbooks, like Pablo Picasso, these people could like, they were like cameras. They mm. could literally like f- easily reproduce what they saw. But it, that's why, what's interesting than that? It's technical for them. It's like, but what if I could communicate how I feel about what I see? Yeah. How could, what if I did that, you know? Yep. And, and so that's the thing. It's like, what is uh, Picasso doing, and what, what are those guys doing, right? They're, or even like photographers like uh, Bresson, right? Yeah. It's not master of composition. It's it's shape appeal. Yes. Shape design. Yeah. And what I know from being a painter, from being a graphic artist, from being an animator, um, the art is about what is appeal, right? And mocap is a tool mm-hmm. working with actors and stuff like that it can be very artistic but like they're all like everything that you have here is a tool but the way that you use those yeah. tools if you think about appeal mm-hmm. right uh what i mean by appeal is 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 uh, the way things are shaped on screen right um that's that's the art and that becomes timeless right yeah um yep. by watching arcane i've watched it like a dozen times oh it's so and good. uh it is just and it's, it's I honestly it's, it like it I, makes me mad i'm so blown away by that show i i know um i stopped watching pixar i don't watch pixar yeah. i don't watch because it's, uh, it's formulaic at this point to yeah, you probably it's, it's like same. yeah yeah I, and then I arcane I comes up. along and just like it crushes it in a it series. blew me away in every like I mm. was so floored. I know, I know. I mean, you know, I I don't know about you, but I and this is how much of a nerd I am with Arcane. But when I started watching that show, I remember that I, I'd watched a few episodes. And I'm like, how, like how, how, how? And so then I remember it was like maybe the third day back. I was going to do some binging, and I was and it was in Netflix. And you know how Netflix. Um, depending on like um, maybe what what your what platform you're watching it on, you just highlight it now and then it has up above like already just plays a big kind of preview in the background, like a, mm-hmm. like a the background is kind of the preview, and it was playing one of their teasers that is just amazing. It was like it was it was spelling out arcane. Uh, you probably saw the one I'm talking about, and it's like these dynamic camera shots, and it's just these abstract quick little shots. And I I watched that. I think I swear to you, I think I watched that just the tr- the teaser that was like maybe 15 seconds. I'm embarrassed to admit I probably watched that about 35 times. I just yeah. I just kept letting it a loop and just looking at it because it was just it was like orgasmic for my eyes. Oh, yeah. Orgasmic. Well, oh, I man, I, like, just I thought I would never want to go back into film because I love games for being like just feeling pioneer. But after yeah. watching Arcane, I was like, oh my I God. know, I know. <laughs> Tempting. But then it's yeah, like, no, no, I'm not going to go back to film. Forget, <laughs> well, forget film. <laughs> 
but the beauty of games, of course, is is that it's got it's got all that and more, right? I mean, like yeah. you know, as yeah. an animation director, mm -hmm. you have um, you know a voice in you know the the artistic direction of often the cutscenes as well. Sometimes you're even the one driving that process, uh, depending on the configuration of the team. But usually have at least some sort of voice in that. So you kind of like you get a taste of that if you want, but you also have this what I consider the ultimate animation challenge, which is trying to make animations in a real-time environment and make them in a way that not only plays really well, but also, like you said, like it, 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 it's, it's, there's a, there's a voice to it. There's a, there's a character to it and uh, preferably not just like looking mechanical or looking realistic, but like, you know, it, there's, there's an expression there and an opportunity for expression. And oh, there's um, plenty of opportunities. So for that, much, for sure. so much. Like you're, you're, you're getting this kind of, I, I always like to say that you're hijacking the player's mind because it's more captive an audience than someone who's just watching a TV show. Because what they're doing is they are, they are sub subconsciously connected. Their, their, their will of what they would like to do in this environment is being sent from their brain down their arms into their hands into a controller, an interface that is supposed to then kind of do what they want there. There's this really weird sort of cerebral link that's formed. And so you have, there's things, I, I, fun fact, I remember analyzing the hell out of little things back in the day when I was really just, really mm. just cutting my teeth in games. And I was really kind of fascinated by some of these things that were kind of under the radar at the beginning until I started asking questions. And I remember taking a good long look at something like Little Big Planet. And mm. Little Big Planet did something that I found really interesting. And I don't know if everyone's even noticed this, but they were using the gyroscope. First of all, keep in mind that the character, the avatar is a puppet. That's the first thing we have to think about, right? Some genius over there was like, okay, puppets, cool. Let's lean into that. What did they do? They took the gyroscopic information from the actual the controller, which I think was like, what, PlayStation 3 at the time, probably? And what was happening was they were creating, they were in real time, procedurally layering motion on this little puppet. I thought it was an idol until I was like, wait a minute, are you? No, 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 no. And it wasn't moving the character around. It was sort of just leaning the character around, giving you this, again, subconscious sort of thing that was going on in my mind is like, I'm controlling this little guy. I might as well have little strings and I'm like puppeteering this little guy on the screen. And it, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. This is the yeah. opportunity in gameplay that you can't do, try to match that. I mean, as awesome as arcane is and as a, a magnificent of a, of a, of a, of an artistic achievement as it is, they can't match that opportunity where you're like, well, obviously what we need is an arcane game, right? Which I know we have technically because it's League of Leg Legends, but I know oh, they're, Legends, they're making a world. Um, uh, they have to be. They're going to milk this cow. Sort of oh, yeah, for sure. World for Warcraft, sure. MMO. Well, they're for sure. They're super transmedia because I mean, the, like, the, yes, League of Legends, and then they had Runes of Arcana. I don't know if anyone's ever played that. It's it's like kind of Magic the Gathering esque. It's a card game. It's very good. You should try it. It's actually pretty awesome. And then and now this, they're obviously setting up for the next big thing. God knows what it's going to be. No, it's going to be World Warcraft. They're taking over. Oh, so you so wow. oh, okay, really? That's interesting. <laughs> oh, I, sure. If anyone could do it, it would be them. If anyone MMO, could do it, it would sure. absolutely. This be. is the start of it. It's going to take a while, but we'll do it. Course, it's only a matter yeah. of time. Uh, Kai, it's at this time, it's actually way past that time, where we right. usually do some questions. Yeah. <laughs> I was just well, talking that in. We got chat. about, yeah. <laughs> we got 10 minutes left. Um, so if you have a question for Kai, you want to pick his brain about some of the things that he's been doing. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, we didn't go over his whole, like, his whole, uh, you know, background, but like, yes, he did the Naruto. He, he, uh, he, he worked on, uh, you, you, one of the first games before you were an animation director there, you were doing Prince of Persia stuff even, were you not? Like art director? Yeah, Sense of Time. Oh, I designed Kai. That's there you go. 
There you go. Like, I mean, talk about a big game. Um, the game that essentially, as far as I'm concerned, put Ubisoft truly on the map was Sands of Time, I think. They were there, they were around, they were pretty big, but Sands of Time was like, it was like, boom, wait a minute, who are these guys? Um, and you know, he's worked on a lot of things. Avatar the game, we both actually worked on the game. Um, talk about um that game. I know, I know, but I mean it, it but it, it's part of it's part of the it's you know, it's part of the part of the, the, the canvas of learning yeah. and oh, yeah. things some things it's work canon. well and some things not so much. Yeah. But um, but I mean you and if you got a question for Kai, I'm sure he's got an answer for it. So now I, uh, I actually have a question. Oh boy, for Kai. do it, do it. Uh, so it this kind of came up uh, in the backstage. Oops, there. Uh, Kai, we were kind of having a little chat about social media mm. and how you just don't appear on social media at all, and you're not the only guest that we've had that's kind of said that. Um, mm. I guess you've been in the industry for you know way before social media even existed. So do you think it's still possible to have a career and move and be promoted and progress without social media? I, I certainly believe so. I yeah. mean, this social media <laughs> certainly allows you to be noticed. And I, mm. I'm sure some, some people like uh, being popular on social media will get a lot of headhunters coming, knocking on their door, but really when you're a professional um your work stands out mm -hmm. right and 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 you don't need yeah like, that just takes a lot of energy actually social media takes so much energy out of your you know like yeah you... yeah so i guess it's it's probably work and also personality as well comes into play we've had plenty of conversations where it's you know the the work might be great but that person's hard to work with so be careful possibly possibly yeah. i mean for me when when i hire people it's not because of social media or anything like that yeah anymore. yeah for sure okay yeah it's, i just um sorry Brent, my, go for it. no it's my fault you guys keep talking because i just broke my <laughs> interface once yeah no worries yeah i think it was uh it was manny fragelis that we had on uh he was saying that he just he never posted any of his stuff on social media um just because of the way he wanted he wanted to be known for something else so yeah i guess with you and your career was it more about the projects you worked on meeting that person then that person had a connection to another oh yeah studio yeah. yeah yeah it's all about that that sort of human connection who you yeah. know it's like you know um yeah it's it's always i've been with ubisoft for 20 years i didn't think that yeah. i'd be at the studio for so long right yeah i, I thought i'd just do games for a couple of years and maybe go back to film mm -hmm. but uh ubisoft is so big and there's so many amazing talented people and, and 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 they put a lot of money into their products that it's it was always interesting mm. when when you're in a new project and you're meeting new people yeah you of course. build that sort of uh, <laughs> intense rapport with them yeah yeah you know, it's 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 interesting because I um I always feel like the first few weeks on a project, like a, a, often a team, like you know, it, especially smaller companies. And I mean, when I say small companies, I mean companies that aren't huge, like Ubisoft. They may have like two or three projects, or maybe even just one big AAA game um, that's going on at any given time. Um, well, actually, it's usually the ones in the middle that have maybe two or three, and maybe maybe you know the people have never actually worked together that might be on different teams, or like even big companies like Ubisoft when they have to start a whole new project and there's like they have to almost hire a bunch of people from scratch, a bunch of new blood. 
I just, I feel like every time on a project, no matter what, I always feel like I look around and I'm like, why does it feel like I'm surrounded by people that have like huge experience, but yet for some reason it feels like it's all our first day on the job. And it's because everyone's coming from these very different perspectives and trust hasn't been built yet. And people are just like defensive. Some of them have like PTSD from their last production and they're like, not again. <laughs> and they're going to make, you know what I mean? It's all, there's a oh, lot yeah. of interesting dynamics going on. And it's like, that is that, those are the times you need to find a way to navigate that and be like, I'm an ally. I'm an ally. Yeah. I'm not here to like step on anyone's toes, but you have to find that perfect balance between being like being like making those allegiances and putting yourself out there as an ally, but also not being a doormat. You know what I mean? Like you have to like, that's a delicate oh, yeah. balance. There's a sweet it's spot. Very, sure. it's, right. it's tricky. Oh, for sure. By, the, it is by the way, I don't know what I was saying before. I think my brain is completely broken. It's, it's legends of Runeterra. I don't know. I always said runes of Antera. I'm like, no, no, no. Legends of Runeterra. That was the, um, that was their, their, their card, card based game, which it's all on. It's a computer game, but it's based with cards like, like, um, um, health, health um, oh God. Um, like magic, uh, the what, gathering, and what no. Well, thing. it's closer. It's closer to the the WoW one. It's uh, Hearthstone. Mm. Hearthstone. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I saw you, <laughs> Ayumi. Ayumi's like, oh, what, what did he say? A rune of what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. I'm just a poser. I I don't even belong here. I'm just gonna. I'll just log out. You guys have fun. You guys um, didn't say it, but Brent actually popped back in before the stream. So he's like, Kai, how do I pronounce uh, your last name? Hey, that was top secret. <laughs> yeah, well, so people make fun of me uh, on the on the on the channel because they know that I'm really bad with last names. And yeah, it yeah, that just happened. A guy I've known for like literally probably at this point now, half or more of my life. And uh, I'm like, hey Kai, um, awkward question. <laughs> um it's it's your last name can you just i just want to make sure i don't screw it up because i all my life i've always been like i don't think i know how to say kai's last name <laughs> so yeah and you veronica mean, you're wrong yeah. as long as i'm still here the stream will never end brent doesn't yeah. have that sort of power <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh kai uh did did i did we get any questions rolling in there i feel like people have just been entertained uh, with this no, there's one from like joe animes but that was before oh, the very beginning that one. well we yes. kind of did we we kind of just, yeah, just, just make sure one. we yeah, we did. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, well, Kai, it's at the end anyway, so I think I don't want to steal any more. You're obviously valuable time. You're 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 um, uh, you know busy guy, family guy, and uh, I just wanted to take the time to say thank you for showing up. It was selfishly awesome for me to be able to catch up with you. Just happened to do it with a lot of people watching. No problem. That's what I do all <laughs> the time now. Um, Scott, obviously, thank you for being here and uh, chilling with us. Again, I, mean, Kai, I did got... my, my usual mm hmm, mm hmm, because you guys <laughs> yeah, well, houses. That's the, you guys have well, the history. I'm just like, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> it's always going to be sucky if 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 it's like a reunion stream like this. So it's like, Jesus, yeah. I just haven't seen And it I for always so long. seem to be brought on for those reunion streams. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you. Like, I was awesome meeting, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice meeting you. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Cheers, guys. I'll see you both around. All right. Bye. <laughs> Take care, Brian. See ya. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, it's always fun when you have to like actually have a live stream to catch up with an old friend. Um, uh, I'm very curious. I mean, I, I know he can't, he's obviously has to be very careful to what he says. Um, I wasn't actually trying to get any kind of, uh, well, maybe I was, but I wasn't, I wasn't really trying to mine him for information on specifics. I'm just curious because he's always seems every project he's on, there's always like an agenda. Like, I feel like he's always trying to level up. You know what I mean? Like level up his way of contributing to a game. And uh, I'm just curious what that next level up is going to look like. But I'm sure um, seeing that trajectory over the years, it's uh, not going to be anything short of um, something to pay attention to at the very least. 
Um, obviously, we could have just chatted about um, 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 wow, what is wrong with my brain tonight? It is just unbelievable. Um, ah, what was the show we were just talking about? Uh, Arcane. Jeez, what the heck? Uh, we could have just talked about Arcane all night because uh, obviously we're both big fans. Um, uh, speaking of of um, of Arcane, we are going to have a little guest on pretty soon, actually. Um, not next week, but the week after, we're going to have someone on. I'm not going to give away any big information, but if you're really curious, you can always just check our live schedule. But we do have um, someone coming on to talk a little bit about that adventure. Uh, so please do come back and check that one out. Um, just like to thank Kai again for being awesome and coming in and just uh, being a good sport to chat, chat a little bit about his life and his perspectives on, on the game industry and where he thinks it's all going to go. A really interesting bit there at the end where, you know, he's making a pretty, pretty awesome and I think on the on point prediction that, uh, that um, you know, that we see this in artistic movements and just anything in general. There's always this push. There's like a human need to recreate life and to perfect it. And then it's like, take a look at cameras, digital cameras. They're so perfect now, and the lenses are so friggin' sharp that now people are trying. They're pairing up these legendary, super sharp cameras with old vintage glass. It's basically and why because perfection is not interesting it's boring so they want to they want character they want to bring something more organic to the to the table and we're going to see the same thing with games for sure if people are going to get bored and and, and it's going to require the creativity of people who have a voice and have an idea have a vision of of you know what does something that doesn't look real look like and how how can that look fun and be, and be fun to play so do not be um do not be depressed with this sort of trend of everything looking real all the time because just wait for it it's you're going to see more of this this sort of evident more of this arcane um sort of productions showing up on our shores and that's good for everybody it's good for artists de definitely good for the for the end consumer because i think it's a lot more interesting and um it's nice to see arcane pave the way so awesome Okay, well, we'll see you around. Um, we um, we do have uh, a, a Tuesday stream coming up, um, and um, I don't remember exactly what it is. We just I just made a schedule with David and Scott just this week, but uh, I think it's going to be something. Uh, I think it's just a regular Q and A. But we do have a couple um, cool new fresh things. I should ask Kai while he was on. Um, I want to start tapping some of my game dev buddies, and um, and just have like start the stream with like maybe a half an hour of us playing a game and like just talking about it, and maybe maybe even playing against one another. And having fun and then maybe breaking it down a little bit talking a little bit about maybe it's a game that they played maybe we take we, we take a minute to play something that they shipped and um it'll be very nostalgic for them and also you can all laugh at me because i'll probably get beat by all of my friends and that's always fun um but um but yeah we have things like that in store and all kinds of other great new things um you're of course always the guinea pigs as we try new social experiments and different types of contents on the stream so i appreciate everyone's patience and everyone showing up to hang out it's always nice to have you in the channel so stay animated everybody as usual and um stay good to one another see you on the next one cheers thanks for listening to this episode we hope you got a lot out of it Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So. Until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.